This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network. After a stirring 112-109 win over the Clippers behind Donovan Mitchell's 45 points, the Utah Jazz will go back at it with the Clippers looking to take a two-game to nothing lead Thursday. Tip-off, 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 on the zone. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass producing today. What's going on over there, Gordon? I'm, I'm loving the, the Whalers gear today. Looking smooth. Buddy. Well, I finally learned my lesson to bring in warmer clothes in this frigid environment. As you can see, I, I forgot, as usual. And then Austin reminded me of repeatedly yesterday, well, you've only been doing the show in there for nine years. You think you'd remember to bring something uh, warmer to wear. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Well, I, I am I am having my uh, neighbor, uh, uh, Gladys, knit you both a shawl to leave here in the stall <laughs> or in the studio. Wow, shout out to Gladys. Yeah, I would I would happily wear a shawl on if it's as cold as She said, as it would they prefer yesterday. sweaters? I said, no, shawls. <laughs> shawls, good. Fine with a shawl. Well, uh, anywho, yeah, it is it is cold in here. But when I was coming into the building and I had this outerwear on, and and the the, the security person says, "Isn't it kind of be warm to be wearing that?" I said, "Not up there." She said, "Mind your own business." So, Austin is grumpy today. He uh, got off the air at like five thirty a.m. How was the overtime show? It was actually a really, a really good? fun show. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, I, I'm I sure people were in a good mood. They they were in a fantastic mood. We did have one call that uh, that went south on you. Uh huh. Little intoxicated or what? No, just uh, talked about a hit and run, and wanted to get the word out there. Oh, like a okay. They were on hold for like 40 minutes to uh, to. Uh, get the word out that somebody hit their car and drove off. Mm. Well, I'd yeah, be a little. Those lines, yeah. I'd be a little bent out of shape about that. Was it at the game? No. Oh, okay. No, car, had, had nothing to do with the jazz. Was bent out of shape. Oh, jeez. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we have a we have a good reach. I can understand why people would want to. You no. Know, Jordan called twice. Express. Oh yeah. 
He's he's your guy, though. Uh, so there's been six playoff games, and Jordan's called nine times. Yeah, awesome. Did Robin lead you off again? No, uh, we had Blair first. Jeff Miller called. Ah, right on. Jeff, Utah Car Sense. Tune in 10 to noon every Saturday. But Robin and Jordan did call as well, yeah. Nice. Jeff go to the game? He did. I saw Jeff at the game the other day. Big Jeff. I saw a lot of people at the game last night. A lot of people. A lot of celebrities? Uh, Just people like Who's the most famous person you bumped into? Gabrielle Union. Uh, I didn't run into Gabrielle hmm. Union. I don't think Gordon did either. I know the most famous person Gordon ran into, or at least a good candidate. Who's that? Tim Lacombe? Yeah, probably. You ran into the the boss of bosses. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That's right. Paul Huntsman. Yeah. Saul Paul. See? Let's see. He, he qualifies. Yeah, for sure. He's Never heard of, of him. He's one of my favorite people. So, yeah. I kind of like that title for him, though. The boss of bosses. What does the word boss is that is that a cool thing? So he's he's a boss, you know. Like are you talking about the old wow, that's boss, man? Or are you talking about like Scotty G is my boss? No, I'm talking about isn't isn't that a, a thing from some sort of pop culture reference? In the late eighties. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's boss. No, yeah, that's, that's boss, from man. that's from the sixties and the fifties. That's boss. Well, then what are you talking about? I don't know. I thought there was some some newer uh, connection with that. But anyway, yeah, it was good to see Paul. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people enjoying that game, and they, they picked a good game to come to. That If you weren't entertained by that game, I don't know uh, what you're doing going to a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. the environment was pretty was, – was great. I mean, it was it was loud and oh, it yeah. was it was raucous. It, uh, it seemed to me that most folks were were having a pretty good time. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the first quarter was, was a little on edge. Although, who was it? There was uh, a player in the post game who said that uh, they were stoked that uh, the the fans kept it up even when they were struggling in the first quarter. Yeah. Maybe it was, uh, God, maybe it was Rudy who mentioned it that uh, it was good to have the fans back and even when they were struggling in the first quarter, that the fans were awesome. So. Yep, they picked him up, and Donovan picked him up, and that was uh, that was something to see. So, yeah, Jazz uh, get game one. It's interesting to hear some of the things that are being said at a national level about the way that game went last night. And it <laughs> – I mean, how, how to say this without being – I don't want to be condescending about it. Uh-oh. But some people are saying things that are absolutely ridiculous. They're, the conclusions they draw from that game, like – that that's the best the Jazz can play and the Clippers didn't play particularly well, and so that's bad news for the Jazz. I, how many times this year did the Jazz miss 20 straight shots? Well, I don't think that happened. How many times did they shoot 25% from three in, a, in, a, in a, the way they did early on? Not in that game? often. I mean, it, it's just like that was not the Jazz's best effort. No. Uh, should we do? You, should we dive into it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. It's time for the split story of the day. Austin. Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Bogey rotates to Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Swirls around, 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 and down. Six three. 
spacing, spacing, spacing. Donovan, top, he's guarded by Morit. One on one, four on the clock. Rise and fire, pull up threes, backpedaling, and it's going down. He knew it when he released it. 10-2 start for the Jazz. Royce O'Neal, right angle three, missed it. I can't keep track anymore. We had 14 straight misses. Jazz missed 19 straight shots in the quarter and somehow still have a pull. Donovan through the lane, rises, goes up, plays it up and in. Donovan Mitchell, oh yes sir, you're marvelous. Five point game, Donovan on fire, 10 straight points, 21 for the game, crowd on their face. Step back three on the left side, ow! Oh my goodness gracious, Donovan. Rondo to the front court, gives to Leonard. Hands it off to Paul George. Back to Leonard. Guarded by Ingles. Flings to the corner to Morris. Three seconds. Two seconds. Blocked by Gobert. One second. He fires a two. The Jazz are going to win. The defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, blocks the shot in the corner. And the Utah Jazz have taken a one-game-to-nothing lead over the L.A. Clippers. We, we, monsieur. Jazz win by three. They take a one-game-to-none lead over the Clippers uh, in the uh, best-of-seven series. What a fantastic start for the Jazz. It was a roller coaster of a game. Of course, you heard Locke talk about the missed shots in the first quarter. Third quarter, where Donovan Mitchell uh, was as good as a basketball player could possibly yeah. be. Um, you, you know, the defense at times was amazing. Rudy um, blocking the shot to win the game was a, a dramatic finish. It was a, it was a heck of a ball game. Uh, we talked about the atmosphere being uh, absolutely electric. I mean, I, I have a f- it's good to feel the playoff buzz in this city again. There was, it was pure energy in this building last yeah, night. I agree completely, and it, it is reminiscent of old times, you know. And, and here's why: I think the fan base knows that the ceiling is high. It's not one of these deals where you figure, okay, this team's going to lose. It's inevitable. It's not inevitable this year. It's it's. I mean, I don't know how this series is going to turn out. I think it's going to be there are going to be times of brilliance and times when it's really ugly, just like it was encapsulated in that single game last night. And I don't know who's going to win this series, but the Jazz can win it. They can go all the way. I mean, they can. I don't know if they will, but when fans sense that from their team, that 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 switches or flips the switch of interest so that people do get excited. And like you said, in the building last night, the place was rocking, and the Jazz feed off of that. Although early on in the game, like we said, Quinn said they were rushing their shots. It looked to me like Quinn Quinn wanted them to shoot early, but they got a little discombobulated. And that's why Donovan, including Donovan, and he blamed himself – uh, he he got it together and knew what he had to do in order to, to, to right the ship in the third quarter. That's exactly what he did. What is showing? What is showing for him? So as far as the first quarter goes, I, I'm kind of trying to debate, and I went back and watched a little bit about whether or not it was what the Clippers were doing or, or what the Jazz were doing. And not that all of the shots were good. There were some bad ones in there, certainly. But I thought that they got some good shots. I, I almost hearkened back to my uh, my Little League pitching days when I uh, my grandfather would say, don't aim it, throw it. 
You ever mm-hmm. hear something like that? You sure. know, like, hell, you're aiming it out there. Uh-huh. You just rear back and throw it, right? Felt like the Jazz were aiming it a little bit in the first quarter. Does that make sense? Does that translate at all? Felt like there was maybe you you want to call it uh, like being tense or I don't know, but they were not loose and free flowing. In fact, they started the game that way, interestingly enough, and then it just spiraled on them. You know what I mean? And and so, but they pulled out of it. Yeah, it's amazing to me that that happens not infrequently. Not like last night. That was ridiculous. Missing twenty twenty one straight, whatever it was, but. It's sometimes the Jazz, they're either all in or all out. And they were all out for a spell there uh, early on, and they got it together. And, Jake, you know how I feel about that. I think teams and players who start slow, who do not feel it, but then discover how to feel it again is more impressive than if you're hot the whole game. I'll give you the number one reason I think they won. Only seven turnovers. I mean, that's the story <laughs> of the game right there. Only seven, three in the first half, four in the second. Wow, great number. You know how many Bogdanovich had? Zero. Zero turnovers. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of different angles to go on this game, and, and uh, we will we will try and dissect all of them. From a like a fan perspective, um, I, I think fans are feeling pretty good today because there's that kind of – isn't there that looming? I think you've talked about this before. That looming same old jazz thing out there, right? Yeah, that's and, what I was referring to earlier in this conversation. That people, they the ceiling is lower, and now the ceiling's the roof. Well, you know? I think there's. I, I I don't agree with that perspective sometimes because it's un, it's it's like unsatisfiable. I mean, because the the bar keeps moving, you know, depending on your team. But well, yeah, um, but that's part of the. And That's I think part it's, of the drag. It's purely psychological and and all this stuff. But I do think that there was an element to the the fan base out there. You beat the the big bad Clippers in Game One. You're not chasing the series. You're on top in the series, even though it's a game. So I'm not trying to blow things out of proportion. I'm just more saying that I think there was that. I mean, I saw a lot of that online during the first quarter. Like, oh, here we go again. And you know, I think oh, there's no, something to not with this team. I, 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 not, no, but I, it's it's like playing the the scarred jazz fan card. Yeah, I, so that, they're, they're believing that it's not different this yeah, year. It it is different. I'm not saying that the Jazz is going to win the series, but it is different. They could, if they play well, they'll go to the finals. And I can't remember the last time I could say that. Probably not till all the way back to '98. I know in in 2007 they made it to the Western Conference Finals, but there was no way they were going to win that series. There was no way. The Spurs were so much better than they were, and they beat them 4-1. Wasn't going to happen. This year, it's it could happen. And yeah, so that's that should stir. Uh, the the home crowd, and I think it did last night, even through the rough stretches, because you did hear the crowd lift the team, and uh, the team responded. So, yeah, it was good stuff all the way around, even though the game itself was somewhat ugly. But that's not unusual for the playoffs. This is what happens. You see uh, this happen all the time. Well, there was a lot of pretty in that game, too. Yeah. I mean— you, you know, you can dwell on the on the first quarter, but the the Jazz did score sixty five points there in the second that. half, yeah. and with some that third quarter, with some just crazy. beautiful play from Donovan Mitchell. Mm. That the the crossover step back that he hit on on Reggie Jackson was just, 
I mean, I was I couldn't believe Sports Center ran its top ten and didn't have one basketball play, so it must have been some you know prefabricated. They put it together in the afternoon or something. But I mean, that was just a thing of beauty. That should yeah. be all over Sports Center top ten, along with Rudy's block uh, at the end of the well, game. Well, he was but, he was unsheathing all kinds of stuff. Bogdan, oh yeah, hitting long shots, driving to the basket, stopping and popping, doing all the stuff that he's capable of doing, and. Did you hear? I'm sure you did. You heard Donovan's post game interview, yeah. right? Was that not impressive? I mean, does this guy not have the right perspective about what's going? He essentially said he blamed himself, and he said, "I need to play better. I disappointed my team. I can play better." And so that's what he was focusing on. And he said, uh, "He said we." I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said we we did what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to win this game. It was like no big deal. It was one game, shut the door on it, move on to the next game. And that shows maturity that a, a playoff winning team has to have. And he's their leader. So they're probably keying off of him. I love those those uh, the sound that we heard from Donovan talking to the team and then Quinn Snyder telling Donovan to, to it, it's in his head and just focus, do what you're doing, and everything will be all right. And that's true. The guy was not feeling well. He was under the weather. He said he really didn't want to talk about that, but uh, uh, he, you know, someone found out. And and so when— <laughs> Quinn talked about it. I think it, that's how it, everybody found out. Yeah, it's just very difficult to play when you're sick. And he was sick, and look the way he played. Remarkable, and I don't think there was any, you know, any tainted pizza involved. Let's, uh, well, let's hope not. I mean, it's a home game. I mean, we, you, you never know. You never know if where you're those a fan of a, fans might be. If you're a fan of a team, you don't poison your own player. You don't do that. Um, can we? Uh, I, I thought those LA teams. They got fans everywhere. You know, you got to watch out. I thought there were several questions that we talked about a lot yesterday going into this series. And I, I thought we got some, at least more information. I don't know if you want to say answers because it's a long series, but I think we got some more info on some of the burning questions going into this matchup. And I think a lot of them are looking really positive for the Jazz. Should we jump into that? Yeah, coming up uh, yeah we can do that because Quinn, remember before the game, Quinn said, essentially, there ain't nothing we ain't seen already. Yeah. you know, And so they were pretty, pretty well up to speed on what they were going to get out of the Clippers, or at least ready and willing to adjust when they had to. Okay, good. You didn't you didn't burn through the tees no, too bad. No, I did. You added the way, there what's too. What's going on that, out that on the good. court out there? I think the Clippers are practicing. That's what I thought because they got the, they got drapes all over the place. I yeah. wouldn't go in there if I were you. You think I can't sneak into a corner somewhere and pull out a notepad and start writing stuff down? Nah, there's eyes everywhere out there. Yeah, easy, Jason Franchek. What's the purpose of no, your no, question? Have you ever uh, Austin cameras everywhere? Right? Austin's had this happen yes. where security. You just kind of take a little peek in there, and next thing you know, like <laughs> sixty seconds later, someone's <laughs> tapping you on the shoulder. Why well, is that? What happened to you? Oh, it's happened several times. What'd yeah, you do? Yeah. Well, nothing. You just you just go and take a look in there, and don't say the, you were doing nothing. You were doing something. You go and you take a look in there. What was the purpose of your peek? Just, I was bored. Wanted to see what was going on. <laughs> Who was it you were spying on? I wasn't spying on anybody. Yeah, you're just looking down into the into the bowl. 
Was yeah. it an entertainer or was it a team? It's happened uh, different different times. Want to see what the shirts look like? Want to see yeah. uh, the Eagles warming up? Whatever. Yeah. Am I am I remembering cor- correctly? Didn't you have one time where you ended up on a floor or something you weren't supposed to be on? When maybe that was somebody. Else. I thought you were talking. He's going to end no, up no, no. on the floor when <laughs> when like a, a big deal celebrity yeah. is is in the building. I mean, like celebrity like Gordon, but just like a half a notch higher, like T Swift or something. Well, it was <laughs> Justin Bieber. Oh, it was Bieber. Yeah. All right, yeah, I, they. I bumped into him around a corner getting out of an elevator. Were you wearing like, a literally bumped a into Bieber him and... Believer shirt when you ran into him? Did no, you think you were stalking? I yeah, don't but, have a Bieber Believer shirt. But that's a that gets to be an issue with building, pride. building security and uh, Bieber security, right? Yeah, and then when the Muse were in, in here uh, one night, our guy John Beatty got thrown in arena jail. Really? We had to go bail him out downstairs. Wait, there's a jail here? No, it's like a little holding room, yeah. Remember Veterans Stadium had a jail? Had a judge, too. Doesn't the new one? I don't know. It has a judge? Yeah, they had a judge there on site. Like night court? Yeah. <laughs> so if you acted out somehow, you were you had to come before the judge. All those school all those years in law school, and that's <laughs> the veterans stadium judge. It'd be kind of fun, don't you think? No, it'd be miserable. No, There'd be I'm... a lot of some sort of figuring out how drunk people are. But you'd be in the bowels of a stadium when all the action's happening up. So you can hear the crowd roar, and you're like, what's going on? And then you just have to deal with Beezus and his drunk problem. <laughs> he pro- Yeah, but he probably had like a, a big screen TV or something. I would could. say imagine the stories, though, that you would tell. You know, like the, the, the guy who got in a fight whose clothes are half ripped off and he's got a black eye, you know? You could have... To tell yeah, you have a lot the, of a lot yeah, of stories to share. Right. Uh-huh. If your if your uh, athletic uh, facility uh, is uh, as as is a penal institution too, then you you're got- doing it right. It's called efficiency. <laughs> All right, I I always thought that was a little funny, but hey, they you got an issue, you got a problem with unruly fans. That's how you deal with it. Well, I will say that there are an awful lot of police officers around this place when there's a game going on. Well, that's nothing new, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Watch your P's and Q's. And personally, I was grateful for those particular officers last year when there was the, the bomb scare in the building. Well, let's not talk about that. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm meeting this uh, 100% complimentary. It was like a, it was like a well-oiled machine. Most people knew what they were doing. I, I couldn't believe they emptied out this building in the in the time that they did. I mean, you think about that. You get, you know, eighteen thousand people from inside a building to out and clear in a matter of minutes. That was pretty impressive, I thought. Thank goodness it turned out to be nothing. But yeah. as far as like a, a kind of a dress rehearsal goes, I thought it was pretty good. They even remembered us, which I didn't think was a guarantee. They came up and got us. Yeah, they even remembered us, and uh, because this this gets to the the fear of broadcasting in this studio here at Vivid Arena. If you didn't know where our studios are during the renovation, because we were often forgot about during the renovation, <laughs> like we like were. people would stumble through the door in hazmat suits and they'd go, "Man alive, there are." Man, alive in here. I can't. Is that a wrecking ball coming our way? <laughs> yeah, we're just sitting here waiting for a, a wrecking ball to smash through the the wall. We well, were rat caught. poison or something else, you know. Think rat about that. poison. Well, you know, when they have to uh, take care of the rodent problem around here. There's a rodent problem around here, and what does that have to do with the renovation? 
<laughs> you know, that's when the rats come out. I'm so confused. You don't think there's any rats in this building? But what we were talking about was how the the dangers of being here during a renovation. Right. I know when, when we weren't remembered that we were here yeah, during. Or what does that have to do with? Dangerous. I'm worrying about wrecking balls. Jake's worrying about chainsaws, and Gordon's worrying yeah. about ro- right. Let's yeah. think about this for a second. What this building has in it? It's got every facet of life here. They've got a holding cell. They've got uh, they got a studio. They got food preparation areas. They have. Restroom facilities. Lloyd's here. They they probably have beds somewhere. I mean, you could live here. Okay, took an interesting turn. Uh, let's let's get. Would to, they would have to tent this place for termites. Let's uh, That'd be quite a tent. Let's get to some answers to questions coming okay. up next. Let's dive into that. It's a good day. <laughs> Stay uh, tuned. You know, yeah. It's a big show. Often forgot about. Here on 97.5 and for 1280 good reason, The Zone. Apparently. Sacre bleu! Flat by Gobert, and that'll do it. We, we, Monsieur! I'm sorry, Marcus Morris. Sorry, this is not a movie. It must be humiliating to watch Rudy Gobert stuff your jump shot right back into your face. Gobert has apologized. But hey, there's always tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. Let's get another win, boys. Game two between the Jazz and Clippers tips off Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Jazz take a one-game-to-none lead in their best-of-seven series uh, with the L.A. Clippers thanks to a 112-109 win last night. Donovan Mitchell was spectacular. 45 points, 16 of 30 shooting, 6 of 15 from 3. Oh, and throw in five assists and three rebounds. Here's Quinn Snyder talking about Donovan's performance. You know, he's a smart player, and he studies. So, you know, when he's doing something, you know, that, that maybe isn't, um, as productive, he's a, he's able to make subtle adjustments, you know. And I, I thought he was able to do that tonight. And then the other thing is, he's not afraid to fail. You know, he'll take the next shot. And you know, we we want him to take open looks. And if he misses a few of them, you know, they're good shots. And keep taking them and keep attacking. And you know, that's who he is. Game two of the series coming your way Thursday night from here at Vivint Arena. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage from the plaza out front will begin at 7. This update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks, call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, Band of the Day today, Al Green, selected by Gordon, and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. This is this is one of those, uh, Gordon, as you know, I go to a lot of weddings. This is one of those, like, go-to wedding songs. It is? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. You know, that whole weather... Things are good or bad, happy or sad, you know, staying together. That's all. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it works. It's a good song. I always liked it. Al Green. Good stuff. It's got a fine voice, that Al Green. Fine voice. Uh, okay, Gordon, let's talk about, uh, we had a bunch of questions uh, about this series uh, yesterday, naturally. And I think we found out some answers, or at very least, some more information uh, that it will be interesting to keep an eye on for the rest of the series. I I want to center the conversation around Donovan and Rudy because I think those were the kind of most important things that we learned. But we yeah. can get to some other stuff as well. So what do you want to what do you want to start with, Donovan or Rudy? Let's go with Rudy and then Donovan. So let's talk about the small lineup, and they're, they're actually connected, uh, Donovan and Rudy, in a lot of ways. But let's talk about the small lineup for a second because that was a big deal going into the game. Okay. Coach Snyder was asked about it a lot. How Good would the Jazz do against the small lineup? And you and I, I thought very astutely, not to honk our own <laughs> horns, uh, talked yesterday about how the Jazz needed to make the Clippers adjust to them. Yeah. And I think the Jazz proved a point in game one with that small lineup that the Clippers are not going to be able to go with it the entire game. And it's for a reason that I didn't really see coming. Do tell. Rudy defensively did an incredible job at whomever he got swapped out onto. And the theory, as far as I can see it, is that the entire Clipper team is 6'8 and can shoot threes. Some better than others, but that's basically their concept, and thus they can play small ball. Well, everybody Rudy switched on to was uh, he did a great job, beyond great job. And so the Clippers are going to have trouble, I think, attacking the Jazz with that lineup because they can't, there's not a bad matchup that they can get to. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So they're going to have to change a little bit to put a big in. So that Rudy has to stick with the big, possibly. And interestingly enough, I think Rudy's defense might make them go away from that lineup, combined with what we learned about Donovan, which we'll get to in a moment. But I thought Rudy's defense last night was a game changer. And I thought, you know, how are they going to defend Paul George and Kawhi Leonard Gordon? Well, Joe and, and Royce were great. But they were able to be great because of what Rudy does. And the other thing with a small lineup, if Rudy isn't attached to a big, isn't worried about Clint Capella dunking on him, like uh, we talked about yesterday, uh, a big uh, Valanciunas dunking on him. Rudy's a lot more free to, to prowl throughout the paint. And I thought that had a major, major effect on the game last Think night. about the progress Rudy has made in that regard big as time. far as his lateral movement. And there were times when he would come out on guys and he, his positioning was such that if you didn't know, if you didn't recognize immediately that it was Rudy, you wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? I From do. a standpoint, yeah, yeah. okay, uh-huh. there's a big lumbering guy who's out no, there. No, no, to, no. Yeah, it was uh, He impressed. closes out terrifically well, as he well, proved it, on the last play. Yeah, and the percentages are uh, prove that out. Now, I want to, as long as we're on Rudy, and we'll, we'll get to Donovan here in a moment, but I want to talk about what Ty Lue said after the game, because I think this goes right to what we're, what we're getting to here, Gordon, okay. with Rudy. 
Ty Lue was asked about not calling a timeout before the final possession. And there's a lot in here that actually makes some sense, but one part which which doesn't, all right? So he, uh, he says, no, I didn't want them to take Gobert out of the game and having to switch their guys in or have time to talk about it as a team if they wanted to foul or not. I just thought getting a stop, getting out on the break with Gobert on the floor would generate an open three, but he did a good job of closing out to the corner. I got to watch it, but that's the best time to try and get an open three, especially when a team doesn't know if they're going to foul or what they're going to do coming down in transition. All of that is true about yeah, transition. That, that that's makes sense. that's that's all factual. I, I certainly get the logic there. But the, the Gobert thing, the Jazz would never have pulled Rudy off the floor. That, that, absolutely not, because Rudy, Rudy, as he proved, is a terrific option defensively against almost any scenario. What was the stat on that? That was shooters shoot like fourteen percent less less than they normally do from three when Rudy is closing. Locke hit on that a lot last night, and we can we can bring that up with him when he joins the show uh, coming up at, at five o'clock. But I mean that that part of the logic and then uh, the way it played out. But like that's you what said was exactly what uh, the Jazz would have preferred. And and I think therein lies, uh, you know, Ty Lue probably doesn't watch a ton of Jazz games. I mean, I'm sure he scouts and all that. But that's that that is an out of date th- thought about Rudy Gobert, and and I think that is why. The Clippers thought that they could go with the small ball lineup so much, but Rudy has evolved as a player over the years so much that I don't I don't think that's going to be an effective lineup against the Jazz, or at least not as effective as maybe a lot thought going in. On that last shot, there was a time when Rudy, if he had fallen victim to the original attempt, uh, he wouldn't have been able to recover in time. Oh, his second bounce block. He's had a ton of those this year. Yeah. Second second jump blocks. It's amazing. Yeah, he's worked at it. Yeah. And you can tell. So, And he didn't foul. Closed out, challenged the shot, eventually blocked it without fouling. Was he close to fouling? I mean, look at all the angles. I don't think so. I'm not saying he did foul. I'm just saying that was – you never know when you're putting your arm up like that. But it was a great play. Are you talking about on the block or on the closeout? Uh, on the I'm, block, I'm talking about on the block. It was that. It was as clean as okay. if you if you see the the side picture, which the Jazz uh, their their Twitter account did a good job putting it out after the game. All the different camera angles on Rudy's block, and it, you see the side angle, and that's as it's as beautiful and clean a block as you're going to see. I've heard some people say that Kawhi Leonard should have taken that shot, but he was very well covered. Yeah, I I don't know how he could have gotten a shot off. Joe Ingles and Royce O'Neal were as instrumental in that play as Rudy was. Rudy just happened to get the block. Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles did very well switching on George and Kawhi yeah. and getting them out. Now Ingles overextended, but got back quick enough that when Kawhi finally went to his right to attempt that shot, there was no window. Now, do we believe that Rudy baited him into going to Morris? That's the well, question. That's what he said. Oh, he kind of hinted at it anyway. Right. I don't know if he flat out said it. He said, I knew the ball was going <laughs> to Morris. And then, I, you know, I read some critique uh, out there online today that uh, Rudy actually made a mistake on the play and uh, tried to cover Kawhi's drive, even though the Jazz would have gladly given up two points, which would be correct unless you wanted Morris to shoot it all along and it was a bait. Is he baiting them to go to Morris? How are we going to know that? I well, Rudy kind of told us. Well, I mean, yeah, but what I'm saying is how can we definitively know whether it's a fact or not? True. But here's why I choose to believe Rudy. 
because, man, has he turned into a savvy defender. That's not a, a mistake that Rudy would make. Huh. All right. I, I, can, I can buy that. I think. I mean, he's the captain of the defense. How many defensive mistakes do we see Rudy make on a nightly basis? Very few, if any. True again. Yeah. And in fact, he he the times that he does quote unquote look bad is usually because of somebody else's mistake. And then inevitably in the post game we get Rudy's uh, classic line, which I love by the <laughs> way, where he says, "We got to communicate better," <laughs> which is code for, "You got to listen to me." <laughs> So, <laughs> you have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's, but but he puts it he puts it very you know uh, uh, diplomatically, which he should. You know, we got to communicate better, which is you know true in almost any situation in life. <laughs> you we know, need I to communicate really better. That. That's pretty. That's pretty funny. It's true. It, it is true. <laughs> which but is be- what Gordon's Twitter byline is, by the way. Says what we have here is a failure to communicate, which is Gordon's code for listen to me and shut your mouth. No, it's a, well, it's from the movie. Uh, Cool Hand Luke, yeah. Which is Cool Hand Luke's way of saying, see this thing on my hip? You want to listen and not talk. Cool Hand Luke didn't utter that line. It was the... The uh, warden, wasn't it? Yeah, the... the, the, (laughs) Whatever. The boss, whatever. Uh, So, (laughs) but but my my point is, is Rudy Rudy is the safety, right? He's the one back there barking orders saying this and this and that, and this is how we're going to play screen and rolls, and this is how we're going to do this. And, you know, when somebody gets beat, Rudy's not the type of guy who's going to be like, well, I'm not going to look bad because you made a mistake. He's always going to challenge it. But you do always hear in those after those types of performances where the defense isn't good, Rudy always goes to it. So we need to communicate better, which okay, means I- open your ear holes, people, because I'm telling you exactly what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to listen for that in the future. It's pretty funny. Oh, he brings it up a lot. Yeah. So before all that happened. The Paul George three, was his foot on? Was his toe on the line? Where he uh, he he didn't take it, then stepped to his right and took it. Is that what you're talking the about? The one that that cut the lead to three instead of four. I hadn't even I didn't notice. I swear. I mean, I did not look at a replay of that. But did anybody else think his toe was on the line? Well, I'm sure they looked at it. I mean, it's last two minutes. So, right. I mean, they usually there was a there was a break in the action in between that and. The okay. Jazz next play, right? Yeah, they usually automatically look at that stuff. Do you think the Jazz should have fouled in that? I, the thought went through yeah. my mind in the moment. No, it probably should have fouled. Uh huh. But that's that's what Ty Lue was talking about. I mean, that you catch a team, you get them on their heels, and that's the best way to get an open shot. That's a fact. Where you don't have time to group in and say, "Hey guys, if we get this scenario, we're fouling." Well, you know? what you definitely didn't want to do is you didn't want to foul on the three, on the three, and then you lose the game, right? And it worked out. It worked out. The Jazz are a really good defensive team. They played really good defense, and they got the win. Donovan was really mad at himself for that careless pass he made. With how many? How, how much time was left on that? Eighteen when the ball yeah. changed hands there. Yeah, that wasn't terrific. Yeah, that was... but it worked out all right. Mistakes are made. Donovan did plenty to help him win. Can't play the perfect game. I want to remind you about our friends at Premier Wave Therapy. You've heard about Acoustic Wave for ED and how it is an effective treatment for nearly all men. Now there is a physician-owned clinic right here in Salt Lake City. Learn how they are unique by visiting premierwave.com for more information and learn about their special offer. We'll get into, speaking of learning, what we uh, learned about this series from uh, Donovan Mitchell's perspective. Coming up next, stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network.
After a stirring 112-109 win over the Clippers behind Donovan Mitchell's 45 points, the Utah Jazz will go back at it with the Clippers looking to take a two-game-to-nothing lead Thursday. Tip-off, 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 on the zone. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got Ryan Miller coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, David Locke is going to join us at 5. I want to remind you, uh, the Top 1660 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only on the Zone Sports Network. Austin played this song just for you, Jay. I'm so tired of being alone. And that's the exact opposite of what you said. You wanted to be alone. Yeah, I'm not nearly alone enough. All right. So that song, what, is it Opposite Day? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I don't know. All right. Uh, What we learned about Donovan Gordon, and here I'll I'll start us off briefly, and then uh, you can can, uh, uh, run with it. Do you know that he's Vegas' second uh, favorite to win? Finals I, I MVP. Didn't, didn't know the Wizard felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Second, he, only behind Kevin Durant. Is that where you want to start? No, go ahead. No, it, I just thought I that was, was an interesting little okay. slide. All right. Well, the Wizard doesn't think Donovan's as good as Kevin Durant. Your thoughts? No, I would have to agree with that, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Donovan uh, beat his guy repeatedly last night. And uh, we were wondering, you know, what the Clippers would throw at him if they played the small switching lineup. Would Donovan be able to to beat his guy off the dribble and and make the Clippers pay for trying to do that? And the answer to that is yes. <laughs> the Clippers threw a bunch of different stuff at Donovan Mitchell last night. And I don't want to say he had no problem handling it, but even when they ran two guys at him, Donovan beat his guy. I mean, he, <laughs> he had a really special game, and he certainly answered that question. So... Obviously, Donovan has had uh, some fine moments, uh, the the 50-point games plus uh, last year in the bubble, and uh, we've talked about his success as a rookie. But was that kind of a coming out last night? Was that kind of a hey moment? Look at me. Pay attention to me. I'm a superstar. Hey, all y'all out there watching on TNT, check me out. I, I don't think he was thinking that way, but I was. Um, I, I don't know. How many guys could go out and score like 45 points like that? 32 in the second half? I, aren't very many. I know. I just think he's had several of those moments. Yeah, but you know I don't, how it is. I don't Sometimes think last night was really unique. He scored 30, at least thirty points in ten out of his last fifteen I, I, I uh, playoff games, including got, two games he, with forty and two games with fifty. But he got forty-five last night against know, the Clippers please. with two premier defenders out there. I, I think you're just. I think Donovan throughout his career. I'm not. I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. I just don't think last night was unique. I think he's done that a lot. I'm not saying it was unique. I'm saying that it was uh, eye-opening for those not in the know. 
Well, if their eyes weren't open by now, I don't think they're. I don't know. Repetition, <laughs> man. You gotta, you gotta throw it right in their face, wow. over and over and over again. Especially when you're playing a smaller market team. Yeah, I I think he's done it a bunch though. I guess. All right. But you know, glass half full, glass half empty. You want to sell short his previous accomplishments? No, and, no. Uh, you want to you want to sell what he did last night short? No, well, I think it's uh, equally impressive with many moments in Donovan's career. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're the one that said that the Jazz are persecuted by every every other market. They are, the and this is part of it. How many eye-opening moments does a guy need to have until people just say, "Okay, he's good"? All right, that's so what I'm saying. You're playing right into the drag Utah thing. Like, how many I, times do you have to do it? Two games from now, he's going to have an equally good game, and we're going to be sitting at this very same table, being like, "I think people finally took notice." I mean. How many of these events does a guy got to have? A lot. Before, before we'll just sit down on the radio and go, you know what? He's really well, good. Well, if you don't play but for he... the Lakers or the Knicks, apparently all the time. Which is what you were saying. So I'm agreeing with you, and you're arguing with me. Uh, before last night, I don't think many people were out there going like, oh, Donovan sucks. And then now today are going, actually, he's really good. I'm not, I think, I think that, that I, he's you're, proven you're, it you're, over you're, and over and over you're again. You're living in the extremes, Jake. At what point can we just acknowledge that he's an unbelievable player? How you many of those eye-opening moments you do we I need see to have? It, but I'm talking about a national audience filled with casual basketball. Fans. Every time he has a game like that, it's one more reminder that hey, this guy is really, really good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although, according to Ben, our guest yesterday, he said he didn't think Donovan could finish. Ah. Well, Ben's here's the thing about people, Gordon. Ben's opinion probably hasn't changed this morning, even though there was evidence. You don't to think the that got his attention? I, I mean, Donovan did have that turnover. That nearly cost him the game. Donovan scored 50 points in two games in a playoff series last year. You heard what Ben said, Ben Mahler, right? He's he's a national uh, radio commentator. Uh Uh-huh, and he probably hasn't changed his mind today. Yes, he has, because he was paying attention to that game last night. He does a sports show. He's seen the Jazz before. Yeah, but not against against his Clippers. Okay. Well, you know, in two games from now when Donovan has a great game and we're going, I think he awoke the nation last night. Can we, you know, how Jake, many times did that have to happen? You're one of the few people that I know who could argue this point. Thank you? Who would argue this oh, point. Oh, there it is. I'm not sure okay. that you could, but you would. <laughs> oh, man, Gordon, just because I'm right. All it's, right. Continue on fine. with your thought on Donovan. No, I, I think that was, honestly, him being able to beat whoever they put in front of him, I thought was a huge, huge deal. Because now the Clippers have to adjust. And that's what we were talking about yesterday. You know, does Zubats play more? Do they have Patrick Beverly play more to lean on Donovan, to tire him out? I mean, how the, the Clippers are the team that are now having to go back to the whiteboard in the locker room and say, okay, well, they found an answer to what we were trying to do. And not that the Jazz don't have to do the same. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, the that's all Donovan was middle, talking but, about in the postgame last night was the adjustments they have to make, the improvement they have to make. But I think the Clippers are the ones that have to kind of rethink what they're doing. I really do. But particularly since Mike Conley didn't even play last yeah, night. That is so, huge. That's a good point. Conley, and, and do, you, do you agree with those who are saying that that's why the offense was out of kilter? 
Oh, it was certainly part of it. I mean, Mike's Mike's a great player. He's a steadying force, for sure. Yeah. And the offense, this has been true throughout the entire season. The offense has run better when Mike Conley's been on the floor. I mean, you can go and dig into the statistical evidence and look at his lineups, which is he's always playing with Rudy, so sometimes it's a little skewed. But if you just use your eyeball test, I mean, you can see how smoothly the offense runs when he's pulling the trigger. Well, it's, it's, it's a difference maker, yeah. absolutely. Well, when, when, if you go back and look at the success Mike Conley has had through his career against the Clippers, and I understand this is a different team and a different situation and all that, I just, I just think he would, he would make a, a big difference in this. Uh, I, I agree with you. I don't know when Mike Conley's going to be back. But I, I think it's the Clippers who better re-examine themselves. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Miller covers jazz for KSL.com is coming up next. It is the big show. Locke has joined us at 5. We'll play uh, Derek Favors' media availability at 3.30. What's going on at 4? So we're very busy today. Oh, and the, the non-sports report at 4.50. You know who the sixth favorite is to win the uh, finals favorite. MVP? Mm, let me think. Mieoni? Is it Mie? No, it's no. Rudy Gobert. So the Jazz have two in the top six, according to the Vegas Wizards, as you call it. The magic predicting visit. wizard. It's not wizards. It's just one. There's just one? Yeah, just one wizard. No, I think there's a bunch of them. Well, there's there's people that take their cues from the wizard. <laughs> but there's just one wizard. Are we talk about the Wizard of Oz? It's the magic Vegas predicting wizard, yeah. Predicted it right on with Jazz last night. I thought there was a bunch of them. Like right on. Didn't they, weren't they, uh, the over-under was? 220 and a half, and the final was 221, right? Yeah. How do they know that? And it was Jazz by three. Jazz minus three, which. How do they know that? Satan. They're a wizard. It's a wizard. The wizard is, 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 it appears to him in a dream. He's like an oracle. And then he puts it out, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, seriously. And then the referees help him be right. Just right. kidding. Exactly. The refs missed some calls <laughs> last night, didn't they? All right, stay tuned. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.